like when I upload, I have to do them myself as well because like subtitling takes time. It depends on the length of the video, but it takes like, anywhere from six to 10 hours of subtitle. I'm hyped for like future VR stuff though. And like AR stuff, like when it comes to that kind of stuff, I cannot wait to get my hands on something that's like brain interface controlled. the well, creepiest company. Facebook because is so Because Mark creepy. Zuckerberg's a lizard man. Have you seen him? <laughs> he stares into your soul. He shows no emotion. And it's got social credit. Any like little wrongdoing can be put in your social credit. And if you have a low social credit, you can't get things like jobs. What do you think your social credit score is? When I was watching earlier today, it struck me that what you're doing on YouTube is the natural evolution of America's Funniest Home Videos. Everybody in the Wild Spartans universe has like a reasonably big personality. How do you balance that? Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something, Mean Something. I am Kevin Lieber. It is TCU night. Welcome. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. We are here live on Discord with all of our patrons, our $2 tots, our dumpster crew, our infantry, our amazing, illustrious baby gang. And um, with me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. The snow is melting. I'm in good spirits. I didn't even need to drink an energy drink before this show. That's how how rare a day it is. And what is this, episode 81? I think I've had 80 energy drinks pre, uh, pre-TCU recording. So now I feel good. And uh, uh, as we have in the last few weeks, really briefly want to shout out a quick thanks to Electro Voice for tossing us a couple microphones. I'm still on the RE20. I said last week that I was going to switch to the 320 and see what was different on it. But I like this so much that it's hard to to swap it out. Um, Kevin, are you still on uh, RE20 as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with it. It works. It sounds good. Um, you know, the, the reviews are in from people listening saying that it sounds better than, uh, than what we were using before. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah. happy with it. No problems whatsoever. So yeah, thank you to them. And um, that they're providing the silky smooth pathway from our <laughs> mouths to your ear holes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, John Swan did a did a stream the other day about uh, mics and audio and all of that stuff and uh, is testing out his RE22. He's 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 pretty uh, thrilled with it so far. So there'll be a little more on on that later. But it's nice to again to be able to talk about something without them making us say things. Uh, They don't they don't tell us to be nice. We just are because it's good. Uh, But uh, this week we have a a new guest. as a consequence of the economy's changes due to COVID-19, it's projected that white-collar knowledge workers will see significant job growth in coming years. No one cares, and we certainly don't. We'd rather talk to Wild Spartans because he gets paid to hang out with his friends. If Guy Fieri travels the country stuffing burgers in his face at diners, drive-ins, and dives, then Wild Spartan traverses the internet stuffing cringe, strange, and cursed content into his face. And thank God we all get to see it. We will, uh, he will watch videos that have zero views. 
tragically popular commercials, weird videos, and his commentary over them and his banter with his friends uh, has all earned him over 130 million views on YouTube alone. Uh, he's often joined by a gang of co-conspirators, some of whom we've had on the Create Unknown, such as uh, King Anna, Weist, uh, collab with uh, Sumido Media. Uh, and the list includes Macro Bisley, formerly the Loudmouths podcast with FPS Diesel and quite, there are too many to name. And it's always a session that's part watching and part feeling like you're just hanging out with these people. So uh, some of Wild Spartan's best videos are looking at the most bizarre things for sale on Amazon. As a connoisseur of Amazon cringe, what is the one weird Amazon product to rule them all? Oh, that's that's a question to jump on. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> um, one of the weirdest, probably worm beef jerky or like worm jerky, like dried worm what? jerky. Yeah, I actually have the bag in my kitchen <laughs> and I'm waiting to do another one uh, to eat it. So so Tom in our episode chat is probably going to be quick with the links here. And I am interested to see what this this product is yeah it's like uh, it's like dried earthworm jerky yeah that's exactly what it is wow well i assume you've eaten that right i have not i'm doing it in the next video that i'm doing on amazon uh, oh. products yeah because we did like well, a, some stupid like goal of fifty thousand likes like one of the first ones and then it hit it so now i have to eat the jerky <laughs> yes so. well this has one review and that one review is five stars so uh, i think it's going to be great i mean i'm looking for a treat you know like <laughs> earthworm jerky <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it's out of stock yeah that's like yes, probably just because they don't make a lot i don't think there's a huge demand for you know earthworm <laughs> jerky i don't think someone wakes up in the morning and is like oh i need my morning earthworm jerky you know oh god it's one guy just going out in his backyard with a flashlight at night after it rains just grabbing the worms out of the ground. I don't want to think of them just being like the ones that are just dried up on the pavement. I'd rather think of like, you know, process and handle like food. But The, the brand is called Meat Maniac. And I'm, I'm not quite sure there's like a more apt brand name in, in the world than a company called Meat Maniac who will literally make earthworm jerky. They also make like a bunch of other stuff. It's not just earthworm jerky. Like, um, like I'm just looking at it now. They have like crickets and stuff. Have you guys ever had uh, like a chocolate covered ant before? No, they're not like, it's just no. chocolate. It's not worth it. They just taste like chocolate because the ants are so small. Like you don't taste yeah, ants are not meaty. Yeah. Like, what is in an ant? It's just like a little, little shell, right? What, I don't what could it possibly have in there? It tastes like anything. I mean, they don't have brains. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I don't know, actually what's in an ant i don't know just goop i guess ant goop right <laughs> they they have a so I, I was reading about ant brains just last week they have 200 they have a nervous system that has 250,000 functioning like uh, uh neurons that's insane so they, they can, for their size it is and like similar things have i mean like a frog has like six million or some you know, crazy thing. Like an elephant has 19 billion or something, you know, like, so 250,000 is not much, but it's more than zero, which I didn't, I didn't realize. Uh, and when I was looking for this, uh, which, um, I, I can't even remember why I started on it, but you know how Google suggests or shows other people have searched for this. Yeah. The, the top one was do ants fart. <laughs> A lot of people are thinking about this, about whether <laughs> okay, ants fart. But do they fart? That's <laughs> do ants fart. It 
it depends on what you consider a fart. But do they technically <laughs> fart? Like, do they pass gas? I, I, I'm stumbling on this, okay? Because <laughs> there's something to stumble on. Um, I thought you received like an official answer on this from, from your aunt friend. I did, who, who patron uh, of our show. Um, the guy who runs the Ant Lab is uh, uh, out of uh, North Carolina. And he said that there's a type of ant that like squeezes out a, a, a venomous foam. So that's kind of a shark, right? <laughs> like this is what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, like, my sharks fart? aren't eh. venomous though. I think it's a little different. <laughs> Are they foamy? <laughs> I mean, okay, they're not foamy either. Let's get that, let's get that clear. My sharks are neither foamy or venomous, all right? <laughs> I was going to be a little bit concerned about that. <laughs> it's like, what, your guys' poop isn't foamy? Like <laughs> <laughs> So how did you find this? So because you, you said it was for an upcoming video. Oh, how the does, beef jerky? How, how did, yeah. Oh, is the, that, the worm jerky. Was a Twitter thing? Um, so I, I found it in the Amazon video and I made like a thing of like, oh, if we get 50K likes in this video, we'll eat the worm jerky on video. And we did. So next video, I'm going to do that. Uh, but how I find the products in general, um, it's, yeah. it's like trying to trick the Amazon recommendation algorithm to give me weird stuff. So it's basically like how thinking of a this? weird thing. And, and then looking for it, clicking it, and then going down the rabbit hole of recommendations. So um, it's kind so of a process. Do you have a, an account that's not like your personal account that you use to like buy <laughs> video games and uh, toilet paper or whatever? Do you have a, a special account just for looking up weird stuff? So yeah, that I have, a, mess I with have the algorithm? a. I have a separate account just for looking up weird stuff, which I have not purchased anything on. I, I always purchase stuff on my main Amazon. So okay. I also use wish for ideas because sometimes wish products will be on Amazon and then I can like search them and find them because wish has a lot more weird stuff than Amazon, but Amazon's mm -hmm. better for the title. So, <laughs> right. And this is on your normal account or a separate, this one? is I, the, I, I the, the things I use to find everything is on a separate account and the, where I buy them is just okay. my normal Amazon. Have oh, you okay. bought things right, other than the earthworm jerky? Uh, I bought a couple things. I bought a chicken leg pillow. Which was like not worth it because it took like three months what? to get here and it was like 30 bucks. <laughs> so it must have been on some freight from China or something. And I bought a um, a, a fridge sticker that says, Ted, uh, this man ate my son. And it's just Ted Cruz. What? It's yeah. a good sticker as far as stickers Well, it's not go, a sticker. Yeah. It's a magnet. My bad. But yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Also, Tom is yeah. on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that the right one? Is that yeah, the right? No, that's, uh, I, I bought it on Amazon, but it's the right one. <laughs> Wow, it's big, but it's cheap. It's like three dollars, and it's a torso size. Oh, chicken this, this is way more. This is not what you get. <laughs> this is so. This is. It's like a throw it pillow. Awesome. They used a very small person for that picture. It is a throw pillow. <laughs> they've got a sausage. They've got a wing. They've got some kind of fish, um, and a big shrimp. Yeah, it does look really impressive. Like something the size of your chest. It has and not been impressive. You're saying they, a, they used a, that a, is a very small tiny person. person. <laughs> you know, it looks like a doll, actually. It looks to me. Oh, you know like what? That's that not is, that a real not human. A person. So they, it's even smaller it's than a, a person. <laughs> they have a miniature mannequin to make their fake chicken, chicken wing pillows look bigger. That's, <laughs> that's serious deception. Yeah. yeah this false advertising. Did you guys know on Amazon, you can, um, you can switch the product without like the reviews disappearing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's absurd. Yeah. I, I, that happened to me, uh, just a few days ago, I went to repurchase a product that I'd bought in the past 
and it was something uh, really mundane, like like a, an HDMI cable or something like that. And it showed the order, and it was like to a pair of headphones or something. Um, and I was like, what? what? All of the feedback here is all about this other item, but they kept, uh, I don't know if it's an item ID or what. Um, but yeah, they pulled a, a real switcheroo. A lot, of, a lot of trickery on the Amazon.com. Yeah, Amazon's gotten a lot worse over the last like couple of years, I'd say. Like it's become a lot harder to discern like what's legit and what's not legit. Like you, Amazon used to be like trusted, but now it's like you kind of got to like yeah. double check everything you're buying to make sure it's like not some knockoff or something or like a switch product. There's also this I mean, weird Amazon scam that I don't know if, if either of you have fallen prey to this, but there've been a couple of times over the years where I'll receive something from Amazon that I most certainly did not order. Um, and I would, well, call Amazon and let them know like, Hey, and it wouldn't, it won't have my name on it. I should specify that. Like That's my name really is not weird. on it. <laughs> That's it's really just, weird. There's no, there's no name. It's just in my mailbox and I open it up and it's like, crochet needles or something completely random and uh the last time i I, the first time this happened to me i just threw the thing away and was like that was weird this time i called amazon's customer service and i was like hey i got this thing what is that all about and she explained to me that it's some scam there's some scam where people will buy things um and just send them wherever to like a random address and then they do something to try to get a gift card or like a balance for returning the thing. And so somehow they're like scamming Amazon into giving them like visa gift cards or something like that by just ordering stuff to random locations. That's so weird. I've, I've never had that happen. And like when you said scam at first, I was like, how is it a scam if you're getting free stuff? Right. But like they're scamming Amazon. They're scamming Amazon. Yeah. They don't care about the, the thing. That's so um, weird. They, they're just trying. They're just trying to get the money for the return of the item or something like that. Yeah, I've never heard. That's the first time I've heard of that. That's so strange. Because, like, I mean, I get. I mean, Amazon typically has a no questions asked policy for returns, so I guess it makes sense. Like, they just yeah. they they just throw the returns into a pile and then sell them in bulk because they're like they can't they can't be asked. They make a bunch of money anyways, and the return level isn't high enough to warrant like checking the packages. So. Yeah, I think the problems are more expensive to fix than they are to just shoot the thing out the door. Yeah, because you, know, you got it's like yeah, because you got to have an, an employee review the product, make sure it's the same product, check why it's broken, classify why it's broken. It makes more sense to just chuck them in a corner and then sell them in bulk and then make some of your money back. Where, who do they sell them in bulk to? Uh, there's like liquidation sites you can go to that sell like bulk items of like things that have been returned. And you can buy them and it has like list of like why they were returned and things like that. People often buy those and huh. uh, resell them in hopes that like most of the products are either fixable or not actually broken. Oh my God. That is, that's yeah, like that's its own little cottage industry. Yep. <laughs> this yep. is what we're all going to be doing when, when YouTube dries up. I know. Well, <laughs> look, there's another cottage industry of the wish app as well, because, um, my wife has seen stuff on Wish app that sometimes it's literally free, like not even joking, free. Like the shipping is free. You could just say like, I want this thing and they'll send it to you like jewelry and stuff. So there's stuff on Wish that you can get for like 50 cents plus no shipping or or sometimes literally free. And um, she'll often see that stuff on Etsy marked up to like, you know, 30 bucks or something like that. It's wild. 
so for the free thing you just get free things then resell the free things you can you can she won she won a two hundred dollar coffee table for 75 cents on the wish app was it really <laughs> a two hundred dollar coffee table though was it really a two hundred dollar coffee table? Even if it's a one hundred dollar coffee table, <laughs> I mean, it was seventy five cents. A coffee it was table not, is worth uh, more than seventy five cents. Fifty cent coffee table. Yeah, that's <laughs> was so it weird. nice. Though? I mean, I imagine you've got it by now, right? Did it show up? It's in our living room. Yeah, we oh. use it. I, I've I, so I've seen that coffee table. Yeah, that was seventy five cents from the Wish app. No, yeah. So that's a perfectly fine coffee table. Like you wouldn't look at that and be like, "Oh, that's some seriously bargain price." Bro, I'm gonna have to get on the <laughs> Wish did. app. Jesus, <laughs> coffee table. No, that's nice. That's amazing. You just get free it's shit. Weird. What? <laughs> yeah, they. I don't know what it's called because she uses it. I don't really use it. I don't have the app, but they do something where essentially they just have to get rid of this stuff. Oh, and that makes if, more sense. If they're just trying to get rid of it, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like it's going on the container to America anyway. I, I guess it's worth them worth it to them to get seventy five cents for. Or maybe I don't really know. Maybe it's they crazy. like ship stuff in bulk and then like they're like, Okay, we got extra room. What do we get rid of in the warehouse we that we haven't sold in like forever? And they just ship it right. out with it. Just fill the container. Yeah. Yeah. We I'm sure fill they, this thing. Yeah, I'm sure they got stuff they want to get out of the warehouse. Like Amazon Prime Day. It's literally them just being like, Okay, this is the stuff no one wanted to buy this year. Who wants it? We need to clear our warehouses. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, base weights in the chat right now um, and mentioned. Oh, yeah, they're, they're flash sales. They're two minute flash sales. And he saw um, a full size electric guitar for 50 cents. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's something I should just lurk on. <laughs> like something interesting might pop up. Two minutes. You could make a good video. That's like, what can I get for ten dollars? Ooh, that is if, a if nice these idea. Are, yeah, or even less, like $5. If these items are 50 cents, you could buy 10 crazy things for $5. That's so absurd. <laughs> Dude, I cannot imagine. Like, that's such a huge package, too, for like, a coffee table for 75 cents. Yeah. Like, the shipping must have cost at least $20 for a coffee table. Yeah. The the rates, uh, so shipping from, from China to the U.S., China has a designation basically as a preferred... Uh, shipping partner with the U.S. This is a, a point of contention with American companies because they have to pay, uh, you know, Postal Service or FedEx or UPS, and it's not cheap. You know, uh, Kevin and I have both been sending some things recently, and it's ridiculously expensive to send anything of any size. Yeah. But uh, these companies based in, you know, Shenzhen and, and other places uh, have these super cut rate shipping things and that's why you can go on wish and pay like 89 cents for shipping for something that's like fourteen thousand miles away yeah they also ship them on like huge freight ships so it's like yeah. way cheaper usually like fedex and ups and stuff do air travel because it's just faster so yeah if you're shipping out of yeah. a ship i'm sure it's just dirt cheap they can hold a lot so this is like this is like the rabbit holes you go down in your videos where you start with a thing and it just seems to roll into another thing and then another one and another one. And eventually you're in a pretty strange spot. Yeah. Basically like, you know how like the YouTube rabbit hole, you like click a weird video and you click another weird video and you keep going down and down. And eventually you just get like some strange stuff recommended. It's like the same thing. It works pretty much the same way. But I feel like very few people can pull that off. I mean the rabbit hole. Uh, no, making the rabbit hole interesting to go along with. Oh, you so, gotta like, look for a thing, long like, anybody time. Anybody can sit down. 
<laughs> you gotta look for a oh, long oh, time. To, I get to get a compelling thing. Yeah, I I, I spend like uh, probably like two two ish hours like looking uh, the day before recording for it, uh, just finding stuff because I I need to like get it beforehand because if I don't, the recording's gonna be like what like four f- hours long of us just trying to find things. So oh, yeah, I suppose you'd have to kind of pre-screen. And yeah, sp- I, to I have to pre-screen like pretty much everything. Zero uh, videos with zero views though is different. Uh, there's a website that you go to for it, um, which is like a lot easier because finding videos with zero views is like virtually impossible. Um, it's called um, astronaut.io and you just go on the website okay. and it cycles through videos that have had zero views and have like a title fitting something that hasn't been like set as a title. So it's all just stuff with zero views. Like when I'm recording that, like some t- it's hit or miss because like sometimes they're good, sometimes they're literally just family basketball games, and it's like because people people <laughs> upload these like these personal moments publicly on YouTube, and the bot finds them because it's zero views and has a it has a generic title, and then it plays it, and I'm like, okay, we don't care about your kids' hockey game, or the basketball game, or the soccer game. I want to see dumb shit. <laughs> I have to wait for it. That's exactly what played when I just I, I went to astronaut.io and and clicked the things, and uh, the second one that popped up was like. A, a GoPro clearly mounted on the fence behind home plate at like a school baseball game. Yeah, that is, that is undeniably the most common thing you'll see is like family gathering stuff. So you'll also see a lot of kids doing dumb shit. Obviously not going to put that in videos because uh, kids have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> right. I, um, I, when I, when I saw that you had this series of, of looking at videos with, with zero views, I, I, my eyes lit up because I pitched this as a show Four years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I and this afternoon, I went through my emails and I was like, I know that I pitched a show where you know, like Michael, Jake, and I would watch videos that have zero views and be the first people to ever watch these videos. And the problem back then was finding them. <laughs> yeah, the- you know, finding compelling videos or even finding any videos that had zero views you can you know astronaut.io did not exist yeah you can find stuff without using the website i think having it random though is better because then i don't see the videos either right because usually when i curate content i look for the stuff first and then i show it to people and then we use uh the dynamic we have to like mesh it into content but like on youtube Mm -hmm. if you go to like if you just search minecraft on youtube and then you go to the filter section uh, you can just organize it by upload date and it will give you all of like the newest stuff. Um, actually, hold up. Upload date and then last hour. There you go. Then you can find a lot of stuff that has n- near zero views. We just put it in the search term and look for it. Oh, that makes what sense. What I'm seeing happen here, what I'm seeing happen is uh, you have clearly stolen Kevin's idea and he's confronting about it, uh, conf- right. confronting you about it on this podcast right now. Um, That's right. Your idea was too good to pass up, dude. <laughs> and it's been four years and I haven't seen it. So I just took the liberty. Yeah. I think the statute of limitations expires after four years on an idea. Yeah, I think yeah. it expires after like six months. But <laughs> it, it expired two days afterwards when it never actually became a series and just stayed in an email. Yeah. Never to be seen again. And then never somehow I found that email. And I knew. I know. You hacked and how did, my, how my did dong video stuff? ideas, you know. <laughs> dong. No, there has never been a channel called Dong. It, it has always it's been always Ding. It's always been Ding. It's right. always been Ding. Yes. Never anything else. It's, um, it's one of those man, Mandala effect things. Yeah. Is it right. pronounced That's Mandala? Right. Or I thought it was Mandela. 
Mandela? I think it's Mandela, yeah. Nelson Mandela? He invented it, yes. <laughs> um, how did you land on on this type of stuff? Like when when we did the little introduction, like really, we're quite serious about this. Like you hanging around with your friends is compelling content. How how come? Well, no, how did that start? But but why can't everybody do this? Why can't everybody uh, turn on a stream with the people they're having a really good time with and make it work? I mean, they probably could if they tried. I mean, it's it's all up to like how good the personalities blend in a video. Um, how do you edit it? You know, because I do subtitles to keep up audience retention. Because they'd be pretty boring if it was just like the Discord icons flashing. Um, and if like subtitles weren't there, I don't think people would keep watching. So I do subtitles for that reason. Uh, but the main way I landed this kind of content was because like back um, when I first started YouTube, when I was a, a wee little boy at like twelve years old, I did gaming content, and this was the kind of formula I was already doing. Right. So it was. Um, it was just stuff with your friends and having fun. And so I, I've done this before. And then later on, when I was doing commentary stuff, I wanted to stop doing commentary stuff. So I, I saw a channel called Soot House pop up. And I was like, oh, they make some really cool stuff. Um, and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so I started doing a very similar thing. And I used Discord because I felt like it just felt the most natural. Like it feels kind of comfy because like most people use Discord now. Um, so that's why I picked yeah. it to use Discord. Also, like nothing else really would have worked, right? And Discord already had this perfect layout where it shows your icon it popping up. I can block the buttons at the bottom. Um, it just made the most sense. And since I already did this kind of content before, like when I was like 14, I was doing gaming funny moments on like CSGO and stuff, and I, I would subtitle it. So like I've already done subtitles before, and I already know how to do subtitles and make them match up and things. So it was just that, really. It was just kind of like, oh, this makes sense, and I want to do it. So. How do you do the subtitles? Because the way that you do them is really entertaining. Painstaking like labor. Painstaking labor. I have a subtitler now, but when I up, um, when I up, like when I up uploads, and I do more. I have to do them myself as well because like subtitling takes time. So literally, it's just getting a template of the the subtitle in Premiere, um, and then just pasting it along where where people speak, cutting it to where they say words, and then manually typing in all the words. There's no automatic process, no nothing like that. You have to do it all manually. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is kind of crazy that there's no like After Effects plugin yet that exists for subtitles. I to thought match, the same you know? thing when I was 13. I'm like, people do this manually. <laughs> <laughs> and there still hasn't been anything to like replace it. It's probably because um it's just a bot can't really get it right all the time and you would have to double check it anyways. Um, and like manually syncing it too is like a lot better than I think if a bot did it because a bot probably wouldn't do a, like a good job because like it's not just like oh when this word said usually you do it a little bit before the start of the word and like a bot would probably have a harder time with that but yeah I wish mm -hmm. there was a bot that was capable I really wish there was because it takes like and the yeah. it depends on the length of the video but it takes like anywhere from six to ten hours of subtitle wow yeah oh, that's crazy that's so much longer than I figured yeah. I figured three or four. I mean, you can do it in three or four if it's shorter and there's less speaking. But like if the video is like jam packed with people talking, it takes longer. The AI on this stuff is just not that strong at this point. Like, uh, uh, you know, we we transcribe every every episode. Uh, so it, part of the process that we have with um, with making that uh, highlight kind of highlight clip uh, to intro an episode uh, you got to find those clips. It's nightmarish if you don't have a transcript. So we, uh, run it through, um, a service called Otter, you know, and that generates a, a rough transcript and you can kind of control F 
uh, phrases that stick out and, and you know, get a timestamp and, and go from there. But the actual translation is never very good. Like the services like Rev actually have human translation. These people listen to the audio and transcribe it to get that 99 plus percent accuracy. Uh, but the straight up AI is just hilariously bad. Like we've had transcripts uh, that just look like Mad Libs. That like <laughs> a, a group of thirty people filled out. Yeah, it's uh, it's just not good. I mean, it's probably just because most people have like a different tone of voice and the way they speak is all like slightly different. So like AI has a pretty hard time figuring it out. Like certain accents are like a lot harder for um, like Siri or like Alexa to pick up. So mm. also like, is your guys' Siri also terrible? If you guys have iPhones, is your Siri brain dead? I, uh, Kevin, you have a, a an Android, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't do the the talk to robot thing. I I, I just want to set a timer, man. Like That's it. all I want. It's it's so brain dead. Siri <laughs> cannot hear me for shit. I'll say hey Siri a thousand times. She won't respond. I've checked my settings so many times to see if like the settings on and it is every time. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I did it once. Uh, I use uh, Amazon service, which I won't name because it will set off the little device in front of me and I don't want it to do that. Um, but like I use that one to control lights and things like that. But but uh, uh, Siri is I don't use it because the one time I did, for some reason, it thinks I'm like an old woman. Um, <laughs> I forget what the question is, but like somewhere I put my data in, uh, you know, in and apparently selected the wrong gender or something. So, um, yeah, Siri thinks I'm like an old woman who likes recipes. I don't understand it. Does Siri just so chime like, in no. and being like, hey, you wouldn't love this lasagna recipe like after you asked something? <laughs> it was like that. It was Gladys like that. You know, I got like... <laughs> <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I... I None of those things are really, you know, that good. Uh, it, like the, um, you know, the stuff that turns lights on and off. That's actually pretty simple. Yeah. You know, that that's that's like an A and B kind of thing. And I, I can see that working. But when it goes beyond that, um, no, just nothing is there yet. Yeah, like, but that also yeah. makes it funny. Yeah, I mean, like basic questions like are really effective. Like just asking like, hey, can you turn this light on? Can you turn it off? Uh, can you turn like the TV on? Stuff like that is really good. Also like math. Like sometimes I'll ask to just do math problems and it's like, it does it pretty well, but like anything beyond that, it just gets really confused. Like I'll ask it a question about itself, like an, uh, an Amazon <laughs> thing and it won't be able to answer. Like I'll be like, Hey, can you tell me how to do this thing? And it's just like, sorry, there's nothing on the web for that. And I'm like, you're the device. How do you not know how it works? <laughs> like <laughs> I shouldn't have to Google questions about the device. There should be like baked in answers. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you... why Google it when it's right here and it talks? <laughs> like... This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. <laughs> you know, for, for Amazon too, you have to unlock, like, I forget what the name of the pack is, but like, if I ask my device right now to make fart sounds, it won't do it. Oh, really? But there's, yeah, yeah, but there's like uh, uh, a skill that you enable in the Amazon <laughs> Echo Store. Yeah, because they call all their things skills. So there's a, a skill that uh, that has, you know, like dirty jokes and farts <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Like unlocks 18 plus mode. Hello, I have unlocked the fart skill. <laughs> <laughs> it's like learning a new ability for a Pokemon. It's yeah. like it evolved. Alexa has evolved. Now can fart. <laughs> There's a video. The uh, the craziest skills for uh, Alexa. I mean, yeah, yeah, you just activated. I saw you reach over to stop it. Yeah, I, I reached over and muted him. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm tired of, of dancing around this. I want to. I want to just say this. This, this name, name, yeah. Uh, magic words. At least Google's like really easy to avoid saying. Because like you can say like the Google yeah, home right. and it won't activate it. It won't activate it. Yeah. No. Nobody, nobody's saying, hey, Google out of the blue. Yeah. Like they may mention Google a lot, but if it doesn't have that hey before it, it's not going to trigger. Yeah, or, or okay, uh, and Google. So, yeah, if, if, if your name is Alexa, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like you, you clearly Alexa's have to change not this. an uncommon name, you know. Like no, <laughs> there are no. many people named that. They might as well have just called it Jim. I think like, that would hey, be Bill. way funnier. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, hey Jim, Jim, turn the timer. <laughs> turn off the lights, Jim. Yeah, you know that I'm one of the few people who actually tried Google Glass. Yo, tell me Does about that. Does anybody even remember no, that? Tell anymore? me about Google Glass. I saw that stuff when I was a wee little boy, and I, I thought that was the coolest shit ever. And then I grew up for two years, and I'm like, that thing was so dumb. But I want to hear about Google Glass. <laughs> tell me about Google Glass. <laughs> yeah. No, man, it's funny. Yeah. When you, when you were a wee lad, um, I was working in an office in LA, and um, yeah, one of the guys there, as part basically of his job at Google, was to wear the Google Glass full time. He, he, I, he, I don't remember this guy's name anymore. And well, he's really offended Andy, by that. <laughs> Andy Lack. I think it was Andy Lack. You could probably Google Andy Lack. I don't know what he's up to sounds these like, days. Sounds like Andy Lack didn't get a Christmas card this year. No, 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 no. Andy, Andy Andrew Lack is the chairman of M MSNBC. That was really hard for me to say for some reason. And he's 73 years oh. old. Yeah, it's definitely not him. Okay. No, <laughs> I'm just pulling names out of a hat at this point. It's definitely not just that say guy. Okay, guy. I don't remember the guy's name. Um. Anyway, so of course, one day I'm like, hey, you know, let me try your Google class. And uh, it, was, it was not good. It was not a great thing. Like, it's quite obvious why it didn't work. It was just kind of weird to have this thing, you know, over your eye and it wasn't very responsive. It was hard to get it to do what you wanted it to and you had to talk to it. So, you know, you're talking to your glasses. Um, yeah, it, it's, it seemed like such a cool idea, but in practical terms, it was, it was, it was not good. It was just not good. Was it so like, was the display just awful? The display is really small. Yeah. And like, I also wear prescription lenses. I wear glasses anyway. So, um, you know, it's not fun putting the Google glass over your actual glasses. Yeah. It sounds like a pain. Um, and it's just this little tiny square kind of like in the corner of one of your eyes that where you can kind of see the screen of the thing. And 
Yeah, just it was slow and you have to repeat things to it. I mean, imagine how much you have to repeat to Siri or whomever in 2021. Uh, now, you know, subtract seven years or whatever. I don't know when Google yeah, Glass was. It was awful. a while ago. That sound, yeah, that, that yeah. sounds awful. I'm not surprised because like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. But like, obviously it was an alpha product. Like there's no way that that product was going to go anywhere like in a long, like in the short term. Uh, it'd be like more of a long-term investment to make this thing like an actual product at one point. Um, I'm hyped for like future VR stuff though. And like AR stuff, like when it comes to that kind of stuff, I cannot wait to get my hands on something that's like brain interface controlled, something like that. Like if you see, did you see the interview with Gabe Newell and IGN? Um, he talked briefly about the future of VR and he talks about how brain interfaces are going to be the future of it. And if you're not looking to it as a company, you're going to go under. Um, that's what he said, basically. I'm paraphrasing. But I thought that was really? super like, cool. Like, like Elon Musk's mesh thing? Uh, you mean Neuralink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah like it, the neural... He said um, that basically VR, like brain interface controlled VR is the future. And if you're not looking into it as an entertainment uh, company, you're doomed. That's basically what he said. I'm obviously oh. paraphrasing. But um, I believe it. Like that stuff is going to be the future because uh, like what we already have, like every single way to communicate with technology ever. Right. So it's like next thing's the brain. And I really want to control a VR game with my brain. <laughs> hmm. Did he say how long he thinks that's been out, though? Because look, man, I got to tell you, they've been talking about VR being the next thing for 35 years. No, you're 100 <laughs> like, percent yeah. correct. Right. But uh, I mean, like, yeah. obviously it is it's going to be the next thing. It's just a matter of when. Right. And like when the technology is like really usable, um, that's when it will be it. Like current VR is pretty you, fun, but do you have it? What do you have? I have an index. What do you have? An index. Index? Yeah, the what Valve Index. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was called okay. that. Yeah, the the, the thing yeah, that Half Life is on. Uh, I mean, it's on all of them, but yeah, that's what it's like built for. It has like the touch controllers and stuff. Um, the display very nice. I I upgraded from a Vive previously. Um, the display is like three times better i'd say it's just way more clear it doesn't give you like as much motion sickness because it's actually has pixels in it like the five was very blocky and pixely um mm -hmm. but like the index is very solid very expensive though which is why it doesn't have mass adoption um i think it's just more of a, a problem now with getting vr to be like easily like accessible to people i think it's a big problem how much VR. is it uh the index is a grant Oh, yeah. That's, that's why I'm saying it's thousand. like very expensive. Yeah. It's a very like it's a high. It's like an it's an enthusiast grade thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not a, a casual one. Yeah, not at all. Like that's something you would get if you're like, okay, I have the PC to run this, and I also have like the money to spend on an index. Because like you also have like really good specs to run an index. Because the screen is very high resolution. Um, games on VR are already more difficult to run because it has to render your world in like a fully um, physics based environment. Like Boneworks right. is. is so hard on computers to run. Like, even with the 2080 Ti, my frames will drop and like one of the levels in Boneworks. I forgot what it was, uh, but it was one of the levels and it just has like a bunch of physics going on in it. Boneworks is great though. What this I've never is, even heard of Boneworks. Yeah, me either. Like I was just going to say like all of these things, I'm, I'm watching the episode chat to see what they are. Uh, like this is completely okay, so you, new. Hey, you guys know me. about Gmod and like Half-Life yeah. 2 physics? So Boneworks is yeah. like the introduction to physics in VR. Like it's a fully, um, it's a fully interactable environment where you can um, just mess with anything. Like you can grab people, throw them on the ground. You can hit with the crowbar. They'll move as you think they would with an actual crowbar. Um, if you get, if you shoot them, they have like a little bit of knockback when they get shot. Um, just stuff like that. It's a very immersive VR game. Highly recommend if you have a VR headset. 
it's honestly i'd say it's my favorite vr game um half-life half-life alex was good but like i just like the physics too much the physics are so fun Mm -hmm. yeah i i have the playstation vr and i have such trouble aligning it or whatever like getting it to actually work properly just just the setup the the, mo- the most recent time I, you know i set it up i hooked up all the things and i whatever it's like a whole rigmarole and i could not get it aligned so that it made any sense to where like i was looking and where my hands were and uh, i just i just gave up they did um just announce that for the ps5 i guess they're developing a new uh vr system for that that's supposed to be like better resolution on the screen yeah i heard and, about that and and have better tracking. That's what I was trying to say. The tracking on the PSVR, tracking. I had a lot of trouble with. Yeah, so uh, tracking is like hit or miss. It depends what headset you get. So the index, you put two lighthouses in the corner of your room. And they're pretty easy to set up, like what I do, because I don't want to drill holes in the wall because I'm lazy. Um, I get like shower curtains, and I, I stand them up in the corner, and I mount a bracket onto the shower curtains. Um, and it just, they just in my room and I can remove them easily uh, and move them around the house if I want to. Um, but yeah, like with the index, like a Vive, um, you don't really have tracking problems like that because there's two points in the room that are constantly shooting, um, infrared lasers at you to know where you are. Um, it's mainly an issue with stuff like the PSVR where it's one camera, um, or like an Oculus where, where you only have two cameras. If you don't get a third, uh, three Oculus cameras works, or if you have a quest, which is just, um, Quest is, uses the cameras and the actual device of Quest 2, um, and it actually works really well. If you want to get into VR uh, and yeah. you don't have a headset, a Quest 2 is saying solid. the Oculus Quest 2 is good. Yeah. She's singing the praises of the Oculus Quest 2 yeah. in, uh, in chat right I've now. used yeah. it. It's solid. It's also wireless, which is a huge plus. Um, and like mm. all, all, the, all the games run on the, the Quest, which is really impressive um, because VR is very demanding. So it's very impressive that they even run on the Quest 2. Is that the one Facebook owns? Yeah, uh, not a huge fan of what they've been doing with, with VR. Um, so Facebook has been doing some stuff with VR where if you can't play games if your Facebook account isn't your real person. Oh, yeah. That's they creepy. have like a countdown for that happening. <laughs> I think it's like 2023 or 2024, something like that, of when that goes into effect. But like, yeah, like Facebook, eh, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot with that one. Because who wants to play games as like the real person? You know, like that's so weird. Like part of the fun of Steam is the fact you can make your name anything you want. It seems really unnecessary. Like, uh, I mean, why why don't they just if they want to do that? Why don't they make you like verify in some way? I don't know. Like, it, I mean, I guess they do. Yeah, twenty twenty three is the date that it goes into effect. I don't know. Why are they well, the creepiest company? Facebook is because so Mark creepy. Zuckerberg's a lizard man. Have you seen him? <laughs> he stares into your soul. He shows no emotion. <laughs> like he like he he's like literally a lizard <laughs> does he even have eyelids that's my question i've never seen Zuckerberg... him blink ever <laughs> there's a there's an, an image of him blinking in the chat right now but that's it's got to be i think up. that's edited. Like, this has to be a a 12 minute time lapse where he blinks once or twice in those 12 minutes what if zuckerberg yeah. is like ai like he's like the first <laughs> actual ai and we just never knew i'd believe it <laughs> But he does with Facebook, the way he manages an algorithm and stuff, it's awful. Oh, man. Yeah. I just find that creepy that you have to have your actual person just to play a video game. Oh, it's super creepy. An account. It's weird. It's like, why, why not just also scan your driver's license and your social security number in order to yeah. play Half-Life 3? Oh, we need to confirm your birthday. Uh, please give us your social security number, a picture of your passport, and your driver's license. <laughs> yes. Bl- blood and semen samples, please. <laughs> 
so that you could play Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And we also need some spit as well. <laughs> <laughs> Frightening. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, Facebook has, is not the king of good ideas. That's for sure. No, I'm not a big fan of them. And whenever they have those commercials where it says a Facebook company, to me, I'm like... Y- you're doing the opposite of what I think you think you're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, why would you like, <laughs> why would you like, advertise that as like a Facebook product? Most people know Facebook's like that's awful. That's not a good thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> that's not a value add to me. That's a, a value subtract. Oh, APM put something really interesting in the chat. It just happened like today. Um, Steam China version, like a specific Chinese version of Steam that works with the Chinese government. So like they track everything. They ask for personal details. They block a bunch of games. Yeah, China. That's what I'm talking about. Why is Facebook like, <laughs> like taking ideas from from China? Oh, I mean, of, like, I mean, tracking yeah. tracking people. Like, Dude, China, doesn't China also like have ratings for for human beings? Yeah, so for their China, own citizens? China's got social credit, which is like basically um, any like little wrongdoing can be put in your social credit. And if you have a low social credit, you can't get things like jobs. Because, uh, like, they're like, oh, we don't want to deal with you. You have low social credit. And, like, very mundane things will get your social credit lowered. It's ridiculous. Um, China. What do you think your social credit score is? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, out of 10, probably like a four. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like optimistic. Because, like, China thinks anything you do is wrong. You breathe incorrectly there, you get thrown in jail. Like, China's awful. Uh, yeah. They got face you, facial you recognition everywhere, too. Like yes. it's so bad, you go to buy Hong groceries, Kong, they scan your say. face. Yeah, they in just even Hong Kong, which you'd think is not going to be uh, nearly what mainland China is. Um, yeah, like in the airport, you can't wear a hat. Like I was wearing uh, just like a regular baseball cap in the airport, and like three people freaked out on me uh, and and made me remove it. I, I didn't even fully understand, but that was enough, you know, to like I, I guess uh, in in head recognition i was obscuring yeah. like 18 percent of it that's like that would scare me so much if i went to like some foreign country and they're freaking out because i'm wearing a hat and they're like no no that's bad yeah. i'd be like okay where did i just land <laughs> please take me back yeah uh it's like oh five or six hundred thousand people are rioting this weekend i i think i understand why yeah no it's totally justified and like it's 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 a shame too because like it's bound to happen in hong kong like, it's bound to happen. There's no way they can shake off China, like, because there's no one else backing them, you know? Like, they're totally independent. Like, no one else is going to their aid. And then, like, nothing's going to happen in China because, like, that's that's already under lock. They already have everything under lock there. So, like, it's very unlikely we'll see riots. And if there even are riots in China, we probably won't see them because their media blockage you know, is so good. Yeah. Do you know, like, what are what are some of the kind of strange things that affect your social credit score negatively do you know anything? um i did a I'm while ago through wikipedia to but it's see. been a hot minute but it's it's stuff that's like like jaywalking that would affect your social credit oh like stuff like that huh. um i don't know this how rolled guessing. out it is in china it's like it's been being talked about for a long time i would assume it's majority rolled out uh rolled out now though because it's been so long um, they also is, sorry wow. is jaywalking just not using a crosswalk yeah jaywalking is illegally crossing the street which is illegal anywhere you go pretty much yeah okay yeah did you, have you jaywalked before uh yeah if you live in new york city your social credit's now jaywalk. zero congratulations <laughs> you, you, you are now unemployable <laughs> no, <the> crosswalk <laughs> nobody pays attention to the, to the no jaywalking is really common I, I just like my only request is check the street that's that's my only request yeah don't get hit. Yeah, but you can get in trouble uh, for jaywalking. Look both ways. 
this uh, this article says that as of March 2017, 137 commercial credit reporting companies were active on the Chinese market. So, it, you know, when we think of uh, having credit monitored, you know, it's, it's overwhelmingly financial. Yeah. And there are like three big credit bureaus. <laughs> like that, that's pretty much it, you know, and then uh, like Dun and Bradstreet tends to do business credit. I mean, it, like there's a handful of these that have been developed over uh, a couple centuries. Uh, and then five years, four years ago in, in China, literally hundreds of companies trying to develop all manners of uh, of of credit monitoring in your life. It's, it's pretty strange. It, it makes me uh, wonder, like it, there there's a website that allowed you to send uh, your profile to ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends and they would rate you so that you know like you it was a dating website you know and and, uh like all your exes could say you know you're very smart or very funny or whatever um that was weird to me but imagine it being mandatory to like leave a review on every relationship so the next person can know uh what they're they're getting into yeah that's creepy It's weird, that, yeah. that's like you know it's like you have, you have a bad breakup and like they can just like talk shit about you and then everyone else can review it nope i'll pass right <laughs> and how would you behave in that relationship imagine something terrible happening to you uh like you're in a very very bad one and you got to get out of it you would have to make some some shit up here you'd have to be like no it's it's not you it's me even though the person like cheated on you with nine people uh, just so that you wouldn't get dinged on the <laughs> on the relationship review. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I would ugh. that like that kind of stuff is going to be coming. It's going to be increasingly increasingly more common, um, and it's going to be like so under the radar that we're not going to see it coming, and then it's just going to slap us in the face. I think we'll be dead by then, though. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem for like our current generation because um, I don't think like I don't think Western countries are typically far enough in the spy uh, spy games to like do it. Uh, China, though, is definitely there. I could see, like, I mean, I guess the U.S. would do it some way, but they do it, like, covertly. They wouldn't make it obvious if they did. But isn't this how the YouTube's monetization system works now with the self-reporting and stuff? Like, they're definitely tracking how likely uh, your new video is to contain uh, a theme that that triggers limited monetization based on your past videos. And they... Oh, they definitely do. Yeah. 100%. When yeah, I up- it's effectively a social credit yeah system. when i upload on my main channel because like most videos there are green i never get like second guess most of the time like there's very few cases where they'll be like oh no this is demonetized they review it it's fine um uh, but on my second channel <clears throat> uh videos are way more likely to be demonetized way more likely because mo- majority of them on there are not majority but like 50 50 are monetized and demonetized because i put less like uh i guess like less curate curated content on there like it's more random um so it's like anything i feel like pretty much and like those get demonetized a lot more often. So they definitely do though. hundred percent. We're in the system already. Yep. We're, well, we're subject to the tracking. Especially if, you know, these people like us make a living online and then the platforms say things like your behavior off our platform is grounds for us, you know, terminating your account on the platform that, that even lends in itself into kind of what you're talking about, Matt, with it or, being already part of kind of like a social credit system to a degree, right? Haven't mm-hmm. there been a few cases where somebody said something <clears throat> on another platform and all of a sudden like 
you know, you say something on Twitter and then you, YouTube could say, well, we're getting rid of you on our site as well. Uh, YouTube's not typically like that, but Twitch has a policy like that. I'm pretty, that's what I was yeah, thinking of. I'm pretty sure yeah, Twitch, Twitch has a policy like that. that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they've enforced it. Um, I could be wrong on that though. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me because Twitch is pretty anal about really dumb stuff, really dumb stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we still don't even know why Doctor Disrespect was banned, do we? Does anybody know that? Answer? No, is that, is that just a meme? <laughs> either he slasher, either he did something egregious, <laughs> or like Twitch banned him for no reason. But like, who knows? Like it, it's so weird because Twitch always gives a reason for the bans, right? No one's gotten a reason, and it's like, why? <laughs> like, why? Why can't you just give a reason? Why can't anyone give a reason? It's so weird. And he was so big on Twitch. It'd be like that's YouTube why it's banning especially weird. PewDiePie yeah. and, and nobody knowing why. It's pretty weird. And it's odd that no one <laughs> no one talks about it. It's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like really? I think people just gave up. Like, for the first, like, yeah. month, though, like, everyone was like, what happened? Like, everyone was making clickbait tweets. Like, I know what happened to Dr. Disrespect. And like, <laughs> so. Yeah, to the point where it became a meme. But now the meme's dead. Nobody found out what happened. And I guess everyone's just moved on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely like a weird situation. He's doing great on YouTube, though. So, like, I'm sure he's not complaining. He would have been fine anyways if uh, he didn't do anything. Because, like, the dude's, like, had a very successful career just in general. Like, he used to work on, um, I'm pretty sure it was Modern Warfare. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. But he, he definitely used to work at a game company and he used to design maps. So, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I was watching one of his streams and he was, like, talking about how he wanted to design a map for a game. And he talked about how, a little bit how um, he used to do game design stuff. So. Well, speaking of game design stuff, before we started recording, we talked a little bit about CSGO gambling, and I really wanted Ooh, to ask you more okay. about that because I don't know anything about this, and I would love to know everything about okay. it. So w what is CSGO gambling? I don't even understand how you gamble. So you know about um, how CSGO skins have value, like stupid, crazy values, right? No, okay. no, I, I'm, oh, I know not. I'm okay. surprised. Okay, so in CSGO, there's like specific values for specific items based on the rarity. Because CSGO has had item crates for like years, right? So like the, the most like prestigious one, I guess you could say, is the Op Dragon Lore, which I'm not exactly sure how much it costs, but it's in the thousands uh, for the skin. And there's a lot of skins like that that are just stupid rare that are worth thousands or even hundreds of dollars um, or like tens of thousands of dollars, you say. And like they're just really rare, hard to get skins. You can only find them in crates. Like you can't get them anywhere else unless you buy them up front for how much they cost. Knives typically are the most expensive things. And there's also different ratings for each uh, knife as well. Like there's different skin patterns can, that can be generated, which make the knife either worth more or less money. It's crazy. Um, there's also like different levels of wear on the skin. So there's like factory new, minimum wear, uh, well worn, I think. Um, and then like I don't know the last couple, but uh, the two you want to look for are minimum wear. Minimal wear and factory new. And in some cases, minimal wear is worth less than factory new, which is weird because factory new is better, but it, it's all about rarity. So on CSGO gambling, what you do is you go to a website and you input your skins. It's like you're gambling, like your, your, your tokens, right? And then you gamble with those tokens you got for other skins and other things like that, like prize pools, whatever you want to, whatever kind of gambling game you want to do. So, but skins in that game can be worth a ridiculous amount of money. But basically, you go to a website, you you drop in your skins, you get like credits, and you gamble with those credits. Or you can actually just gamble with the skins. That is so weird. That's so, that is so weird to me. Like, who yeah, came up with this? I can't think of this? anything else uh, like that. Like, there's nothing similar that I can think of. I'm surprised of. you haven't heard of it. Like, Tom, yeah, Tom, uh, Tom Syndicate and T-Martin. 
like they had a whole website called CSGO Lotto and they would can, they would often do videos about it and like they would rig it in their favor. Um, and like usually YouTube sponsors yeah. either got paid through giving them skins to gamble with or they got paid um, like some amount as well as skins to gamble with. And in some cases they would give people um, they would just let people win. Like they would rig it so they would win. So their videos were good. Didn't somebody do a video about this? Didn't Nerd City or somebody yeah, do a video? Yeah, this is like old news. Like yeah. the Pro Syndicate and yeah. T Martin stuff is pretty old news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's all. So what can you gamble on now? Oh. I want to gamble after the end of this podcast. I want to game and gamble I, in I some way. Tell you, I, I couldn't tell you where to gamble, but you can still gamble CSGO skins. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah? Like St- well, Valve has put so many issue, things in yeah. place to try to stop it. None of them work. <laughs> like they circumvent all of yeah. them. Like I'm a, I'm a handful of years over 18, so it's less of an issue. But the big thing that, uh, that, that made this a thing was under 18s, uh, uh, effectively engaging in gambling. Like, do you think it's, do you think it's gambling? Uh, yeah. I also think loot boxes are gambling. <laughs> I think it's all gambling. Um, and I think like to think loot boxes aren't gambling is absurd. Like you're literally rolling to get something that's like rare. Right. And in, in most cases it's worth real money. Like in CSGO, it's worth real money. Like if you roll an, a, a, a knife crate, cause like there's specific crates for certain kind of items, like some knives you can only get in like certain crates. Right. Um, if you're rolling for a knife crate, you're rolling for that specific knife and the drop chance is like less than like, you know, one, right. It's stupid rare to get a knife drop. Um, so yeah, I think it's objectively gambling. Like, I think all forms of loot boxes are, like, definitely gambling. Um, and, like, CSGO gambling is definitely gambling because you were gambling for, like, pretty big prize pools in some cases. Um, like, thousands of dollars prize pools. So I think it's, like, objectively gambling. It sounds like gambling, like something is gambling if the outcome is is worth something. So, like, so the, I, I think of something like on Hearthstone, which uh, many kudos has, has roped me into downloading the Blizzard client again to try to get me back in the world of Warcraft. I haven't gotten the game card yet, but, uh, you know, so I played around a little bit on Hearthstone as I ate lunch and whatever. And, uh, you know, you, you accumulate work, you can pay to get packs of cards and those cards are randomly generated. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of like a pull on a slot machine, you know, you open a pack yeah. and get five cards. Well, you, you can't sell them though. You can't, you know, trade them away. I'm sure you could build up a great account and sell that whole account just like people, you know, do on so many games. But, um, what's the difference between that? Why isn't that game? I think they're both gambling. I just think that when there's real money at play, it's like more obviously gambling, you know, there's way more incentive if there's real money. Like if you're rolling for like cards in a hearthstone or like overwatch, you're rolling for skins. Like you get free crates and like you don't make money off those crates, right? Like, there's no chance you making money. It's just like a fun thing. Um, I think it's gambling still, but like not nearly to the degree of CS:GO. Because in CS:GO, you can roll and potentially win ten thousand dollars. You know, like it's way bigger stakes in a game like CS:GO versus like loot boxes and Overwatch. I think they're both still gambling, but I think in CS:GO, it's just you're playing for real money. Like, it's a huge difference <laughs> over like getting free loot boxes from like Overwatch. How does the market decide that? Like a knife skin is worth ten thousand real dollars. Uh, rarity. How do- so like there's like different skins. There's different rarities. Like marble fade, for example, is like a really rare knife skin, and you're not likely to get it, and it looks really good, right? But there's also like um like I don't know the names anymore because I haven't played CS:GO in a very long time. But there's like camo skins. Um, there's also like a gut knife, uh, which is just like a really shitty knife that everyone makes fun of you for if you have because it's just 
<laughs> it's like a poor man's knife. Um, but like the karambit and like the butterfly knife, um, those are like the two most valuable. I know there's one above those, but like I can't remember what it's called. But um, yeah, like typically speaking, it's just rarity of the item. So like a dragon lore is really rare because you can only get it. You can only get it from cobblestone cases, which are no longer being like dropped. So you can't even get one. Like you can't buy a bunch of cobblestone cases and try to get a dragon lore. It just, it's like impossible. You can buy cobblestone cases, but like they're stupid expensive because they're not dropped anymore. And the less there are, the more that people open, the more expensive they get. So the harder it is to get a new dragon lore. So this is primarily a, a status thing? Yeah. It's like uh, like Lamborghinis for kids who like CSGO a little bit too much. Like if you have a knife in the okay, game, so you're you a cool kid. Thousand, like, let's say you get a thousand dollar skin. What changes for you? Absolutely nothing. Game? It like, looks what, pretty. What's the experience? That's all it is. It looks pretty. All it is. And like, okay. and like, depending on the knife, too, you can flip them around. Like, if you get a butterfly knife, there's like a flipping animation. You get a karama, there's like a spinning animation. So it's really looking cool to other people. Yep. Also, I mean, it's just fun to play what? with. <laughs> Why wouldn't you, like, if you had $1,000 and gave, like, 50 people a $20 bill, it would be, like, the coolest thing anybody ever did. If If you were... Uh, like in 10th grade and all of a sudden, you know, like you ordered 75 pizzas for the cafeteria <laughs> at lunch, it would be like a landmark good guy thing. <laughs> that would be do. a much wet, better way to spend your money than like keeping the skin. But yeah. most of the time, these skins yeah. increase in value. Like the more older ones. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like okay. butterfly knives yeah. and stuff increase in value typically, um, in the game because, um, like there's less of the case. So like the, the 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 more rare the case is, the rarer the item gets. When does this market crash though? Like when do people not like this game anymore? So all of a sudden the stuff's worthless. I don't know. CSGO's been going for a very long time. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> yeah. couldn't tell you. Like the game has had so many ups and downs. Um, it's recently been breaking its concurrent player records. So like not anytime soon. Uh, that's for sure. Wow. But um, you, so on the Steam market, you can only put the money into your Steam balance, right? But there's external sites you can use that most people who are like trading like this do uh, to sell it for real money. So like on Steam, if you sell mm-hmm. it in the Steam library, you just have like the Steam wallet and that's it. Like you don't get cash from Steam. Uh, but if you sell it like mm-hmm. OB But you'd skins, be able to buy thousands of dollars a game. Yeah. So. Uh, you can spend it, like you can convert okay. it to real money, but you can't pull out of Steam, right? So if you have like a $3,000 yep. butterfly knife or something in CSGO, you'd want to sell it in like OP skins or whatever um, to like get the actual cash so you can actually buy something real with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only wow. thing like that I ever remember was, I remember Matt, you telling me a long time ago that people would sell World of Warcraft characters on eBay, didn't they? The accounts. Yeah. So this, uh, gold as well. Um, but yeah, depending on, I mean, before they made it really easy to level up, like, so you're talking about games being around for a while and people still being interested in them. Warcraft has been around world. Warcraft has been around for a lot of years at this point. And, uh, at a, at a point it was kind of saturated and it was very tough for new players to come in and have like to, to reach any of the new content. Like they kept adding levels and adding levels. And if, if, uh, you needed to get to level, you know, 100 or something, um, this was a huge grind, but it's not that much of a grind if you had the last expansion you're getting there from 90, right? So they had to kind of auto boost uh, people to get them up there. So before that happened, it was really valuable to a lot of people to take over an account that already had a maxed out hunter, a maxed out mage, a maxed out priest. So they wouldn't have to 
they didn't have the time to grind 60, 70, 80 levels or more on all of those characters. So you were basically paying for somebody's time. Um, throw in a bunch of gold uh, uh, and, you know, you you kind of had something worth quite a bit. Um, China started to get involved in this and farm uh, farm gold and that market crashed uh, and and then Blizzard started banning gold sellers and people who, who transferred large amounts and this and that. So, yeah, it's it's the markets have cropped up on stuff like this. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of one before World of Warcraft. I'm sure I'm sure there were other accounts that RuneScape. were uh, oh, RuneScape. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Tom mentions this in chat too. RuneScape, right. That's happening in RuneScape what, now in Venezuela. Is the, uh, the RuneScape gold worth more money um, than the Ven- Venezuelan currency? Oh. So people are selling gold yes. there uh, for money because they make more money playing RuneScape farming for gold than actually working a job in Venezuela because yeah. their currency's in what? the shitter. Yeah. Wow. I did That's not really know that. That's really fascinating. That's like showing that crazy. Yeah, that fake money can be worth more uh, <laughs> you know, to, to somebody somewhere else than uh, what your actual yeah, money they're, is. Yeah, their and, currency and this was, is so oh, useless wow. now. Like, it's actually ridiculous how low uh, the Venezuelan currency has crashed. Like, the dictator there has done a fantastic job at literally murking the entire currency. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> It's worth like less. Uh, than I a see penny. flight deals to yeah. I see flight deals to like Medellin. Uh, I got one the other day and almost booked because it was two hundred eighty dollars nonstop round trip. Like it is, uh, like Colombia and Venezuela. Medellin's in Colombia, but um, uh, Colombia and Venezuela both like people don't really want to go there. Right I would now. not want to go not there right now. I would not. No. It's like I wouldn't want to uh, go to Hong Kong or China. It's the same boat. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Venezuela on that, there is a chart and I forget which uh, company this was, but uh, the per diem on travel on corporate travel for this company, it had uh, levels for where you were going. And, uh, you know, because like the cost of uh, just meals in Tokyo are way more than, you know, the cost in like Pittsburgh. So it had this big ranking thing. And number one on the list was Caracas. Uh, because it, it, the per diems were like $400 a day because uh, it, it was going to cost business travelers quite a lot to get pretty decent meals right in, in Caracas. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's wild. And imagine going there uh, and just being like, hey, can I, how about I, how about I just transfer you some money in the world of Warcraft to pay for this <laughs> dinner? You're like, oh, I got 10 RuneScape gold, gold for this McDouble. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like people are joking about paying for things in Bitcoin. What's and, the difference? And me- yeah. No, I'm going to say, yeah. Meanwhile, people, there's video game currency worth more than real life currency. I mean, to be fair, it's like outrageous. Venezuelan currency is like a huge exception for majority of world currencies. Like it's the, the currency is actually useless right now. Um, like if you, if you brought like a dollar there, you'd get so much money in return. <laughs> like you get so many bills in return. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you the exact numbers because it changes every day, but like it's it's scarily low. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's like Bitcoin's not really worth anything. It's just what people assign the worth to be, you know, like it's not really worth anything. But is any currency really worth anything like U.S. U.S. dollars not backed by gold anymore? Right. So. And in gold, you know, gold is interesting because you'd think what if everybody got together and decided that gold wasn't 
really worth anything? Would it just not be worth anything? Yeah. And it, it kind of wouldn't, but gold is really unique in terms of being uh, its elemental characteristics are extremely unique. Uh, And, and that's why it's uh, kind of is where it is. Um, You can't, you you really can't fake it in so many different ways. Uh, Like it's unique combination of uh, density and luster and uh, malleability. Um, it's so easy to identify gold and that's a major part of its yeah, value. Yeah, it's a status symbol. Um, I also, um, yeah. I forgot to say, um, Dan put it in the, the chat. Gold is an electronics oh. constantly. So, Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Old computers have like $12, $15 of gold plating. Yeah. Right? Like gold's in like a lot of motherboard parts and things like that. Like I think pens in a CPU are gold, um, or at least, at least plated because yeah. it's good for electrical transfer. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm not too certain on that. Yeah, I drove by one of my neighbor's houses and there were at least 50, 50 computers and monitors uh, in a gigantic stack behind their house. Old ones, old ones. Uh, and then my brother's like, oh, what do you think? Or maybe it was my mom just like, what do you think they're doing that? I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> they're, they're ripping out <laughs> components. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. Reuse it, dude. That. Like yeah. gold's like not yeah. unlimited. Like we're going to eventually run into gold and be like, uh, <laughs> why do we put all this shit in computers? <laughs> we need this. Or like, why do we make it the jewelry? We need this for computers. That's a concern right now with lithium. I, I was reading the, the other day that we're running out of lithium for lithium ion batteries. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, not running out of it like tomorrow, but there, there's a finite amount of it and we use lithium ion batteries now to charge everything basically that we anything that's rechargeable is a lithium ion because it's like the superior battery um that's why we use lithium ion i mean eventually i think we'll shift off at lithium ion to something else i don't know what that will be there's new battery tech in the news like every day we have to that's what this article was saying it was like look we can't keep going down this path we've got to figure something else out here or we asteroid mine which is totally unlikely in the next hundred years that's viable It's viable eventually, though. But you know what? Everything that's had a projected shortage, and this is the deal with with peak oil. Uh, like over the last uh, a long time, I don't I don't even want to quantify it. Um, almost since uh, we started pulling oil out of the ground, people were like, "Oh, this is going to dry up." Like we only have a finite amount of oil. Um, efficiency gets so much greater. Efficiency at both mining and the usage of whatever we pull out of the ground that. Uh, we, we kind of seem to come up with more most of the time. And I don't know if lithium is an exception of that uh, exception to that, but generally we kind of get better at, at getting more of it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, it, it's I'm like when I'm playing, it's like when I'm playing this. like a resource management game and I just keep finding more of the resource I need, but eventually I always <laughs> run out and then I'm doomed. <laughs> so I, th- I think it'll be like that for a while where we keep finding more because we keep looking places. Like I'm sure there's a bunch in the bottom of the ocean we can find. Um, like I'm sure there's a bunch of resources yeah. under the ocean floor. Uh, we just don't have a real way to get to it. Uh, I think eventually we'll be able to get yeah. to it, um, and we'll have like a huge like boost in resources um, for like lithium and stuff like that. But um, I think overall we'll eventually just run out, and like we'll have to go to space or something to find them or like reuse components and stuff. We should be promoting recycling more um, for electronics because like the components in them like are really useful. We should have like a separate bin for it or something because. Well, can't you take things to places like Best Buy? Yeah, but who Buy wants to do that? It's a lot of work, you know. Like, well, the nearest one to me is like an hour away, you know, because I had I have this this TV that stopped working, you know, and and you can't just like throw. Uh, it's probably an LCD TV because it's not that new. Uh, I, I can't just throw that away. Like that's 
Toxic yeah, you're supposed to take way. them to like a uh, specific place to have them recycled. Yeah. Um, but like most people don't because it's a hassle, you know, like if, if you're working like if you and your husband are working like two jobs and you have like two kids, you're not going to want to be like, oh, let's take the TV to Best Buy and have them recycle it properly. They're going to be like, just throw it in the trash, <laughs> you know, like you're not going to deal with that. Yeah. And I think there's disposal fees on a lot of this stuff, too. And it's like, you know, 15, 25 dollars or something like that for me to get rid of this broken TV. You know what's free? Letting it sit in my closet you know it's also that's free? costing Throwing me nothing. It in a dumpster and hoping no one knows i did it <laughs> <laughs> that is also free free and irresponsible i never said it wasn't irresponsible i just said it was free there's a lot of free things that are irresponsible like you know taking things from a store without asking permission or paying for it is free but it's also irresponsible and illegal that's true <laughs> oh my gosh there's another there's another video idea the the uh like 12 least ethical free things <laughs> a car a house <laughs> whatever you're willing to take <laughs> you want a free tank there's one in the military base near you <laughs> a kidney after you've drugged somebody <laughs> want a free Good kidney Lord. transplant pose as a doctor do a surgery take his kidney and leave <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I'm I'm looking through the the notes here because if uh, uh, you know we need to to recenter, you know we can grab a question, things like that. For some reason, my eyes, oh, God damn it, my eyes landed on. Do you have a coom cave? <laughs> I mean, like define coom cave. I want to call anywhere in my apartment a coom cave. I I think Kevin put that on the list. So I, I did. Yeah, yeah. define yeah. coom cave. Yeah. So you're gonna have to follow this one up. Okay. You mean like a Weiss Coom um, Cave where there's like piss jugs and yeah, shit? Yeah, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely fucking not. Weiss introduced <laughs> us to that term. <laughs> I practice what's called basic hygiene, all right? I don't have a body pillow with cum stains on it or anything like that, all right? No, you have a, a, an oddly small chicken wing yeah. pillow with that stains That might have stains on it, but that's another story. <laughs> it's barbecue sauce stains on it. It's barbecue sauce, I promise. It's white because I like ranch too, Okay. <laughs> yeah i don't know i just assume uh naively but also kind of like eagerly that everyone in your age bracket like every male uh has a coom no cave. i mean if that was the case i think there'd be like a bigger problem you know like everyone would walk out of the fucking coom cave smelling like like cum like <laughs> Like, like, it's, and they'd have piss jars and shit. Like, like, there's no, there's no way. I mean, no, I think most people don't have coom caves. I'm, I'm gonna be real. Like, Everybody's got the uh, the piss jug under the desk. Though. I'm sorry, Everybody's I do not that. relate to that. My bathroom's like 15 steps away. Like, yeah, mine too. You know, mine is attached. Uh, like, it's there's a door directly in it from the room that I work in. And I was thinking just today, like. You know how many extra steps I would have to take if, if, uh, you know, like in a year, if I had to go upstairs every time to go to the bathroom, like I would probably lose like 11 pounds that, the, yeah. just from having to walk to go to that the bathroom. That would be pretty annoying to be honest. Like having to go upstairs consistently to go to the bathroom. Cause like you just want to pee, you know, like you don't want to deal with exercise as well. You just want to take a piss. Right. <laughs> One thing that I really did want to mention uh, as we uh, recenter for a second uh, uh, back to your YouTube channel is when I was when I was watching earlier today, it struck me that what you're doing on YouTube, I think, is the natural evolution of America's Funniest Home Videos. Because okay, I, I can go if, behind if this. If you rewind, 
look, if you rewind to like 1990, where, or, all right, it's or, not that old. I saw America's Funniest Home Videos when I was a kid. You you just rewound. It is Wild that. No, I mean, back. it might have started. You rewound then, him but into like, his father's. It's balls. been around. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't even alive when the number was nineteen. All right, I was born in two thousand. So, well, <laughs> I, I was go voting to the in beginning because because that's when it was first you know ideated that this was um, a, a fabulous show. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay, was when it was first created, um, and it was a smash hit success show. That show was like one of, it might've been the number one show for a while on TV because it came at a time where people were just able to afford camcorders. Like camcorders actually were like a viable right. commercial product to own. Yeah. Okay. I, I had, had a camcorder when I was like, eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like mid to late eighties was when all of a sudden people could kind of like normal average people could, yeah. could order, um, and use camcorders. Bro, it's still going. So the VCRs were cheap too. Like, yeah, everything yeah. hit the price point where the total package made sense for a family to get one. For where all of a sudden people were recording, you know, what today would would get zero views on YouTube, their baseball games and their like choir recitals and their, you know, first birthday party and stuff like that. And inevitably some wacky thing happens, you know, dad gets hit in the balls with a golf club <laughs> yeah. and it gets sent to America's Funniest Home Videos. And it's the, the most popular show on television because it was the first time really that America got to watch other average Americans being just like them yeah. and having their like wacky moment, yeah. you know, it's like relatable for everyone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say, and yeah, and it's, now I think that's what you're doing kind of only you're hanging out with your friends going through other people's kind of awkward yeah. moments, <laughs> whether it's like a photo or a video. And, um, and then the audience gets to vicariously hang out with you as you joke about this. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like, I think that's actually like a pretty accurate descriptor. Cause it's like, basically we, I, I find stuff, I get them on a call and we record and we just take, we, we just take the piss, you know, like we just talk shit. <laughs> like we dick around. Um, that's basically what it is. Um, also, I saw a question like earlier that actually re relates really well to this is like, can I answer that? Uh, it's from Dan, the latch. Yeah. Um, so he yeah, said, uh, what would you say makes your content different from the whole reaction slash commentary genre? And what do you think makes your work more tr yeah. transformed in other channels? Um, I'd say just because like, I don't, the, the content I get, like the videos and the pictures are not the actual content. It's more of like a way to get people in. And then that content makes us go on like tangents about things and just talk about random stuff a, and dick around. It's a catalyst yeah, for all of you guys to be perfect word for it. It's a catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because like, I, I, I can't get people yeah. to watch a video if it's just us taking the piss in a call, right? Like there needs to be something to get people in. Mm. Um, so if like, if I do a video about unusual videos and majority of the video is us taking the piss and the other points, like just videos, like most people still watch that. Um, even if like 20% of the video is what they actually clicked. <laughs> so, and does it help? I mean, I, I meant, well, it's got to help, right. To have uh, a decent talent pool to, uh, to pull oh, other it, people it, in. I from. am so thankful that my friends deal with me asking uh, to record every fucking week like, <laughs> because they don't have to do it. <laughs> like it's totally up to them. So I'm really grateful that they, they decide to do it every week when I ask. <laughs> but yeah, having the talent pool of people that are just naturally mesh well together and naturally funny is like great. Um, Cause like it's, it's less common than you think, but you kind of get tainted when you're a YouTuber and you assume people are like the way they are 
or like mo- most people are like the YouTubers you speak to, right? But it's not the case. Like m- yeah. most people online are like pretty like timid. Um, they're not as outspoken about things. Like they won't pipe up. But like YouTubers like talk a fuck ton, first of all. Um, <laughs> and like they're pretty loud and, and rambunctious about stuff. But like uh, randos are pretty quiet. And you don't expect it as a YouTuber because you're always talking to people who are like similar to you in that regard. And how do you balance that? How do you, because everybody, like everybody in, in kind of the, the wild Spartans universe, uh, has like a reasonably big personality. Oh yeah. I love it's not that I love people being themselves, but it works so well. I mean, like it's, it's like a super group. It's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, like the rat pack or something (laughs) where you get like, you know, four incredibly famous people who on their own right are headliners. Uh, but when they're together, somehow it completely flows and works. Uh, you're making, you're making my stuff sound way better than I think it is. So I appreciate that. Thank you. But, um, um, it's more of like, when it comes to like picking people for videos, it's more of like certain people I know have better chemistry than others. Like we and Samita have great chemistry together. Their humor is pretty similar. Um, yeah. and they work really well together. Yeah. Me, Anna, and Bisley have, like, I'd say the best chemistry out of the people I know. Um, Macro and Bisley have good chemistry. Condi and Bisley have good chemistry. Anna and Macro have good chemistry. Like, everyone just has, like, a, a good match, you know? Um, so it's, like, it's picking the matches for it. Like, i say a lesser match um, would probably be, like, uh, probably Sumito and Bisley wouldn't click too well. I haven't tried it, but, like, I feel like they just wouldn't. I feel like their humor would be a little bit too different for each other. Um but yeah, could that be a positive though? Could it? Could it be so? It such could a, be a bad, awkward clash that it, it's it amazing be, to yeah. witness. Um, I, I'd have to try it. I haven't tried because I felt like <laughs> the chemistry wasn't there. Uh, I could be wrong though. But yeah, it's more of like picking people who uh, work well together, and then like as well. Anna just said in the chat, um, topics matter as well. Like of what you do. Like Weist and Samita are great for fixing your memes, uh, which I need to do again. But mm-hmm. um, like basically fixing your meme is where. Uh, I asked people to submit garbage on Twitter and holy, holy fuck. It's, it's garbage. It's so garbage. <laughs> I have to curate. <laughs> There's so much bullshit to find anything good. Uh, <laughs> but they work really well for that. Cause like, they're really good at just like thinking of random shit to make into something. That's also completely random. If that makes sense. Like they take a stupid image and then like, okay, we can make this stupider. And that's what they do. <laughs> So. Yeah, there's definitely uh, like it, it's strange because they have to understand each other, uh, but they have to be complementary yeah. as well. Uh, and we've we've talked about that on this podcast a whole lot going back really to the to the very beginning, because uh, like even on this, Kevin and I are extremely different people. We, we uh, approach things differently. We have, you know, very different skills, uh, but it's complementary without being abrasive Uh, yeah there's not yeah exactly it's not abrasive it's not um you know it doesn't like butt into uh itself and slow things down it's just not like that you know and that's that's tough to to really engineer with the sheer volume of people that you've got and in the episode chat uh anna says the chemistry is is so important oh it is absolutely I, i wonder if that's the majesty is that you're like the the grand chemist here that uh you know figures out who pairs the best with i mean the people i speak to tend to like already be in like friend circles so most people already have like a good match um but like it's there definitely is picking people for certain topics and and picking people who work well together for sure and like if i got someone who wasn't in my circle on like a video um i would have to like be very i'd have to be very careful with who else i got them on with 
Um, because like at, like as you said, chemistry has to like match, and like that person may not match at all with one other person. So like if I do a video with somebody that like, I haven't spoken to, um, first of all, I really don't. I think I did it like once, and it was with Captain Sparkles, and it's because like he's so busy. Um, and like we were down to both do like um a collab. So but. If I got somebody else on that I never spoke to, um, it's difficult to curate to them because I don't know them personally. You know, like I've seen their content, but that's not who they are. You know, so it's like I have to pick pretty right, carefully yeah. with that. Um, most of the time, it's, it's people I speak to on a regular basis. Have you have you ever completely swung and missed on this? With oh yeah, I couldn't name you an example because it's been <laughs> a hot minute. But like it is definitely, I've definitely gotten two people in a video recorded and been like, okay, this these two people me and this topic were not a good match <laughs> yeah i mean it seems like it would just happen now and yeah again. it's mainly um topics that can throw it out of whack because if i do something really like really weird um like it's experimental it's a lot harder um but yeah like it can happen it's very occasional though all right and and again on saying the worst is when the vibe yep. falls flat <laughs> um there's only so much editing you can do. Yeah, right? there's only so much I can like splice together to like like shorten or like make more sense. It, it's yeah, I can only do so much. I do have everyone record their own audio tracks though because it makes it a lot easier if someone said something I can mute the other person. Um, or if someone said yeah. something and it's like the response is like delayed, I can move it over. Um, if I just want to like rearrange a conversation entirely, I can do that too. <laughs> so it gives me a lot of options. Yeah, yeah we're gonna mute your entire track. Oh, it's gonna be a great episode then. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be and we're just going to take it all out. And it's going to be 17 minutes of, of Kevin yeah. and I just asking each other questions that we don't answer. Just no one here. But, <laughs> great unknown featuring no one. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the guestless episode. Yeah. <laughs> do you do a lot of stuff on their channels as well? Oh, yeah. The I mean, it's, that it's come on yours. So like the, the people I do stuff mainly for would be uh, Bisley and Anna. And then I do a lot of stuff on Twitch as well, like just gaming and things. Like Macro does a lot of Among Us stuff. I'm I'm in there most of the time. Um, stuff like that, yeah. It's definitely a give and take kind of thing. Yeah, I'd feel awful yeah, if I didn't do stuff for them. It's just like, no, I don't want to be in your fucking channel. <laughs> just go on mine. <laughs> That'd be so awful. <laughs> do you see do you see doing this five years from now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. That's like probably not. I'll probably switch to something else, come up with something else. Cause I mean, like I, I did it before. Um, I'm not like afraid to switch content direction. Um, my only thing is if you switch content, you get to do it slowly. Um, you can't just like bomb rush new content. You have to like slowly sprinkle it in um, and then like sp sprinkle it in okay. the stuff you're currently doing. And eventually people will jump on that content as well. And you can slowly start phasing out the old one. If you do want to switch content, um, you can't do a hard switch though. That will absolutely murder your channel. I, I would never recommend a hard switch to anyone because it'd, it'd be so jarring to your viewers. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do in five years, but like, I couldn't tell you. It, it's like, it's totally dependent on how I feel um, down the line. Um, it's like totally 50-50 in my mind. Well, the whole thing has kind of gradually come out of nowhere for all you guys, hasn't it? Uh, define thing? Like, like uh, pretty much... Uh, uh, the sustainable element of this, like, like actually being able to pay your rent with uh, mine has been, yeah, you know, mine's been very gradual. Um, because I've been doing this since I was like, um, well, my channels from October, hold on, let me double check this. Yeah. October 22nd, I think, 2012. So I was 12 years old. Yeah. So you were 12 yeah. years old. That's I had insane. other channels before what is that. Sixth grade. <laughs> 
you were in sixth grade. Yeah, uh, this channel was YouTube-ing? made in sixth grade. I was messing around with YouTube stuff though since I was like a little kid. Like when I when I was um when I was ugh, fuck I don't know what age because like I always remember stuff in like school grades. That's how I remember stuff. So I'd say like fourth or third to fifth grade, I was like messing around with a camcorder with my brother, um, like a Sony Handycam. Um, so I've always done stuff regarding videos, um, like ever since I was a young kid. And then my dad got me into computers as well when I was a really young kid. Like um, he, when I was like uh, probably three, he let me mess around with his old computer, uh, just doing dumb stuff, like hitting the keyboard like a dumb monkey um, and just messing with it. And then like when I, when I got older, he would let me use his computer, things like that. Um, when I was like, when I was, I think 11, he helped me build my first gaming rig. Um, like I, I saved up half. He, he paid for the other half because um, I was a kid. Like I had to work like odd jobs that I was given by people around me, like friends, uh, friends of family. So it, it wasn't super easy for me to get money that young. So like I saved up, I think like $400. It was like eight hundred dollar rig or something like that back then. Um, That's pretty good. That's I remember the good. specs. It was a it was an AMD seven seventy GPU, and it was a AMD bulldozer eight three fifty, and I think it had eight gigs of RAM. Um, and let me tell you, the bulldozer processors it was a suck. monster at the time. They suck. They're awful. They're so <laughs> shit. I wish I got Intel. They're so bad. Like, bulldozers sucked. It was just because nothing was optimized for multi core. So like even if like you could utilize the cores, oh. like even like Battlefield three was like dual core. Like nothing was really more yeah. than four cores or, or more than two cores back then. So bulldozer was indeed shit. But yeah, I've always messed with computer yeah. stuff and always really been to technology. I'm not like as in tune uh, with what's like new with computers specifically now. It's more of like, like curated interest. Like I'm really interested in like mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. future of AI robots, um, VR. Like I, I, I want to be able to full dive into a VR game before I'm dead. It's <laughs> that's my hope and dream. All right, I want to be able to like turn off, turn off my eyesight, wake up in a game world. That's what I want. How long do you think you're? Gonna I'm gonna to probably wait? be dead <laughs> at its current rate. Like <laughs> honestly, it'd probably be like sixty, because uh, like we have just delved into like brain interface stuff and how the brain interacts with your body in certain things. Like in the Gabe Newell interview on IGN, he talked about like they they clearly have done like a little bit of research into it. Um, like he talked about how uh, feeling cold is really hard to replicate because your immune system is involved uh, in the feeling of being cold. But like movement is all in your brain. Okay. So like some things are easy to map, some things are not. So like feeling cold would be one of the things oh, that are hard to map because you'd have to trigger the immune system. Yeah. I don't think I want a, a video game to make me cold. Like I'm already cold. <laughs> I, 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 I hate being cold. I, it's freezing I, I here. I think I'd want like a little chill, you know, like you walk it like, not like freezing, obviously, right? Like I don't, I don't want to be like 20 degree weather um, in the game, but like, you know, maybe it's like a little breeze, you know, a little, little ice breeze. Yeah. It's like a winter tundra. It's like, hey guys, it's kind of cold. <laughs> Just like that. Gosh. Yeah. Um, well, we have some uh, questions from our patrons that we would love to throw at you before we let you get out of here today. All right. Shoot away. I am ready. Yeah, we got a we got a couple good substantial ones. Um, uh, the first one is from Microspeen. Micropeen. Uh, Microspeen. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe it's a play on words, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for him. Uh, so, uh, so he asked about uh, like the the interpersonal, you know, kind of relationships, uh, on this. And I, I, I double checked, you know, I shot on a message to make sure this was okay to ask. Cause he wanted to know if it was true that, that you and, uh, King Anna used to live together. He couldn't yep. remember, but he thought he saw yeah, that we lived. Uh, so what happened was I lived in California. I hate that state. Um, <laughs> I hate that state with a passion. Um, <laughs> I lived in California. Where in Cal, I, like 
Was it north? I south? live Which uh, part? near San Francisco, so north. Yeah. Okay. Because we've had like seven consecutive episodes where guests have unprompted ripped on L.A. Oh, L.A. is a shithole uh, too. I, I but San Francisco is if... also a shithole. <laughs> like they're both bad. Like <laughs> L.A. is just like stupid traffic. It smells like human fucking feces everywhere. Um, and, and it's like it, it's just terrible. Like it, the beaches aren't even nice anymore because there's so many people all the time. It's so overpopulated. Then San Francisco is pretty much the same way too. It also smells like human shit half the time. So, <laughs> so, but you had kind of a, uh, you know, not quite a content house, but uh, was that a, an asset or was it difficult to have, you know, two people kind of doing similar uh, stuff? So the plan was to hopefully make it a content house. So like we initially moved in okay. with the hope that other people would like also want to eventually move as well. Um, we currently still live in the same state, Colorado. Um, so basically we, we both okay. wanted to move um, from our home states and we were like, okay, what should we do? We're like, okay, how about this? Instead of getting two apartments, we just get a house. And we're like, okay, that works. Um, and then we did that for a year. Our landlord was like a bitch. <laughs> uh, huge bitch. <laughs> Hated her. What is there to complain huh? about? What is she there to complain about? about because dumb like, shit. If I, like, it's like, oh. If I look at people like you two, I think, okay, these people like eat, no, sit at a computer, exactly hang it. out. She was so fucking anal about stuff. And I'm like, I'm a hermit. I barely leave my room. <laughs> like, what do you have to complain about? This is what she would we complain do. about things like, yeah. like she, she would, first of all, she would make on it, like not unannounced, but she would visit like stupid often. Like in that year we lived there, she probably came over six times, um, which is annoying. Right. Um, that's yeah. A lot, and yeah. It's like once or twice I'm fine in, with, yeah. like if you want to like a yearly check of the place, like that's totally fine. Um, sure. Oh yeah. You gotta make yeah, sure things are going six okay. Times, yeah. No, that's too absurd. It's probably more to be honest. It was a lot. It's a lot. Um, but she like, She'd drive by the house occasionally and complain about things like, um, like the grass not being cut as short as it should be. She says um, monthly. Yeah, it was chat. a long time. She's it, saying it was, it was monthly. So it was you're annoying. talking 10, 12 times. Um, that, oh, that's uh, what else about? She would. So like one time she came over and she was like, oh, you guys aren't vacuuming enough. And I was like, how often are we supposed to vacuum? And she's like, like I think she said twice a week. It wasn't weekly. It was twice okay. a week. She wanted us to vacuum twice a week. But. but I mean, vacuuming isn't a big deal. Like it doesn't damage anything. If if you go a month without vacuuming, this isn't probably it's probably not great, but it just means when you do vacuum, it sucks up more. Yeah, dust. It, it, like it doesn't ruin. Well, the floor. So her, her logic was that you're supposed to vacuum frequently to keep the carpet like from flattening. Right. Um, and like apparently the carpet we had was very flat okay. over the short time we what? lived there. Um, and that was confusing because it wasn't. You got to jostle, jostle the pile of the Yeah, of and the it's carpet. like, if your carpet's yeah, so cheap. realize that, that was a renter's to, responsibility. We, if, if, our, if your carpet's so fucking cheap that we have to vacuum twice a week to keep it puffy, you invested a wrong carpet, all right? That's not going to happen. No, like, no one's going <laughs> to want to abide by that rule. It's like, oh, fuck, man, I missed, I missed a day of carpeting. Oh, no, like, I, didn't, I missed a day of vacuuming. The world's over. Uh, but no, she was awful. So then we moved to our own separate apartments, and, like, we just, we just, yeah, like, I like living alone more. Um, I. Just period. So, okay. I think it's been better. I think yeah. she's in the well, same fair. boat too. Uh, but yeah. So now we live I in. I think that landlord should not have carpet. Like just get hardwood floors. But they were in the bedroom. You've, you've, you've upgraded your life and reduced your oh, stress okay. by yeah, a thousand. They, they, huh? The hardwood floors were in the bedrooms. Or not the, not the hardwood floors. The, the carpet was in the bedrooms. I mean, you could put hardwoods so, in yeah, the bedroom. Yeah, I know. I, I would have preferred that because she, <laughs> was, she was bitchy. Um, <laughs> But foot traffic in a bedroom is really low. There's no carpet flattening that's happening in like a three, four day period. 
with the however many steps in your bedroom. Like you just probably aren't moving yeah. around in there. And, a whole and like um, ever since I moved to this apartment, I've just noticed that everything here is like way higher quality than shitty house. Like the hardwood's higher quality, uh, the carpet's <laughs> higher quality. Like the carpet isn't like it doesn't look flat at all. And like I haven't been vacuuming it nearly as much as I should be probably. Um, but like with hardwood too, it's like we would drop something like nothing that heavy, and like the floor would dent in. And like it doesn't happen in this apartment. But now we both live in apartments that just happen to be uh, stacked. She's literally in the apartment below me. <laughs> so like when we were looking at apartments, oh. this room design only had two left, and they just so happened to be like stacked. <laughs> so yeah that's cool uh, i i i'm not going to go into this because uh you know we're doing questions and all that stuff but i had a very bad landlord once who uh it was in a place called alston which some of you know and and kevin spent some time there it's in boston um and uh, an article came out maybe 10 years after i lived in that spot in boston magazine i'm not going to say the guy's name because i you know i don't want to trash somebody by name but if you google lord of the skies <laughs> wait what <laughs> uh, the, yeah the the article will lord come of up the uh, he was, yeah the the question in like the uh uh subhead of the article was whether he was boston's worst landlord we didn't have any serious problems but it wasn't good so i, th- I think at, if you rent you know you're you're at that age and then you get in your 20s whatever and if you're renting the whole time you're eventually going to have one landlord worth telling stories about yeah that was the first time that i ever rented period so <laughs> that was a uh, not a good experience uh, the landlords here this this apartment are like great though they just like they're just super mellow they just don't care <laughs> well that's an upgrade yeah um uh let's see uh next one is what is your biggest regret in doing research or reacting to a video there's got to be something that that you look back on and and think oh i I should have done that or I wish I hadn't. Um, I couldn't name you anything like off the bat because like nothing really sticks out as like truly horrible. Um, let me think for a second, like for finding images or like, or like what specifically like finding stuff. I think I took this to, to be general on the content and, and I, th- I saw it both ways too. Like, I think some people have regrets over videos they made. They have regrets over things they didn't capitalize on too. You know, so I think it, it can cut both ways. Um, I'd say I don't really regret anything I've made in recent years. Like there's nothing that really pops out as like a huge regret. Um, I would say like, like, okay. In terms of like, let me read the question again. I'm sorry. This is like, I, I was not prepared to answer this question. Um, no, it's a, it's a yeah. tough one. It's a tough one. Uh, kind of the biggest regret in, you know, the process of doing research or, uh, uh you know, reacting in for my current lineup of like content I have posted, honestly, curse SpongeBob images. That shit was so hard to find. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. It took hours to find like, you think, no, it's everywhere. not. It's really not <laughs> like you see like a few memes on Twitter here and there. Right. And after that, there's nothing yeah. else. The tip of the iceberg is all there is. There's, <laughs> there is nothing else. <laughs> it was a lot of searching. I imagine some of the best stuff. Yeah, like some of the best you wouldn't really be able to. Yeah, show. That, like, yeah, it, it's stuff like that. Like, like, honestly, like any like you wouldn't expect it. But like any like uh, name brand like show or like like game is like really hard to find good shit for. Like even the Among Us memes video huh. I did pretty hard to find good shit yeah. that would actually like flow with the content. Like it was not easy to find that stuff. Um, you think it would be almost too easy. 
like so easy that everybody was yeah. doing videos. No, you think it wouldn't be too. Then you go looking and you're trying to find stuff that fits in line with you with what you want. And you're like, these are all garbage. <laughs> and then you keep looking and looking. You don't find anything. Yeah. Um, also, like, honestly, Amazon stuff's getting hard now, too, because I've, I've hit like a lot of the rabbit holes. So, Am- oh, yeah, it, it's just sure. like, generally speaking, I'd say like research is like the hardest thing. I wouldn't like I, I would say curating content. I want to call it research. I wouldn't. It's not it's not as yeah. uh, it's not high quality of the research. I don't think. I'm not like researching a paper. Well, that that curation is is what makes your stuff. Yeah, happen, I, though, it, it like if essential. you weren't good at uh, like yeah, if I didn't grow up, yeah, if I didn't yeah, grow up you, using you Google, it would be it. very difficult. <laughs> yeah, if you chose badly and you weren't very good at finding it in the first place, this channel yep. doesn't exist. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, this is cool. This is um, this this question is is good. It's about a little bit uh, into the the YouTube future here because. Uh, shorts on YouTube have, have started to drop and, and shorts are kind of like, um, many, many videos, like, uh, dads. Uh, I like say Instagram, TikToks. TikToks, Instagram stories. Yeah. A lot like TikToks. Yep. Uh, and also clipping is, is coming to streaming on that's YouTube good. the same way that you can, uh, clip on Twitch. Yeah. That makes, that's a game changer. Um, so Tom uh, wants to know that with these new features, where do you see, your content going and uh, like, how does this change everything in, in the next year? So this is actually a really good question. Cause like, just like four or three days ago, I discovered shorts. Um, I was looking at this stuff and I'm like, Oh, what's this thing called shorts? Never heard of it before. And I found it and I was like, <laughs> what? This, when does this exist? Right. Um, so like now actually on my second channel, I'm uploading like tests to see what happens of like clips from the original videos reformatted to be vertical, um, to like see oh. if they pick up in shorts at all. Um, and I'm like experimenting with different types okay. of content on there to see like what seems to work best for shorts. Um, but yeah, shorts are like really interesting. It's definitely something I think most people should take a hold of currently. Um, like while, um, it's like going up because like you can just kind of take stuff from your current content because I think typically speaking of your won't mind watching a clip again, if they've seen the original video or like a stream, cause I've watched clips and highlights of streams yeah. and videos that I've watched before. Cause like they're only demanding like 30 seconds of my time to watch a funny clip. Like, sure. I'm not going to like be upset about that or like not watch it. Right. Um, so I think that like, um, I think it's definitely going to be something that blows up. I think it's going to keep going. And I think eventually like in the next three to six months, most people will be doing clips or like shorts, I guess. Um, and then like yeah. for clips on streaming, I think that's really good because like, honestly, like Twitch is like not creator friendly. They really aren't like you stream on Twitch. And like, I think most of the time you're just worried about something getting you banned. I think that's the majority of Twitch streaming. Um, yeah. Because. Well, look at the Metallica thing that happened the other day where they started playing like 8 bit music instead of uh, the Metallica song on the, you know, the concert. Uh, you no. see that? I saw that. That was uh, crazy. Yeah. So, so Metallica was doing a concert, a live show on Twitch, and somehow Twitch like <laughs> DMCA them. The stream. And, and, and so you couldn't yeah. hear them play because they were playing copyrighted music, their own music. It was Metallica. Their own music. Yeah, yep. Twitch is just like, they don't know what they're doing, man. YouTube solved the copyright stuff. Like, okay, I want to say solved, like, entirely, right? But they've, like, fixed it up a lot, and it's, like, it's not really a problem anymore. Like, the copyright stuff can be a problem. Like, sometimes you'll get one guy who's just, like, really upset that his video is in a video or something, and he, um, he'll, met, he'll, he'll strike the content. Um, mainly, honestly, most of the sure. time striking, they don't know what it does. You know, like I, I've talked to a lot of people who have like strike stuff. I, I want to say a lot. I've been like two. I've gotten like stri- strikes before 
uh, from people who just like were like, hey, I'd rather not have this clip in the video. And like, I'm totally happy to remove shit, right? If you want something removed, just email me. I'll remove it. Um, and they strike. They didn't really understand what it did, you know? And it's like, that's like all I really see now. But striking used to be like a huge problem. Um, and it's really don't, uh, toned down now. So like, I think YouTube's just like kind of superior right now for creating content, period. Like their streaming services are good too. Um, and streaming on YouTube has way more benefit if you're like a newer creator because it actually puts your shit in search. Twitch doesn't have an algorithm like right. that. It won't this, recommend your stream. Um, well, at least like YouTube. This is what I keep hearing is that Twitch has no discover, discoverability nope, the way all. YouTube does. And that is that is absolutely critical if you're new or small. People have to find you. And there are so many extremely talented people who are just starting or uh you know they they've not put together a gigantic audience but they're really good at what they do if nobody can find them uh then they got a problem what's the best they can do on twitch like play a popular game and hope people yeah, find or hope it? get rated or something um it's like pretty much it like yeah. twitch doesn't have discoverability the only reason to stream on twitch is frankly the community aspect with like emotes and things like that and like the culture mm -hmm. Because, like, Twitch undeniably has its own yeah. culture separate from YouTube, right? But, like, regardless... I do like it. I like using yeah. the website. I like watching, like, a lot of the people uh, here, um, you know, stream on Twitch. And I love watching their streams during the day. Like, just yesterday, Jelksies, who's not in uh, chat tonight, but he's in uh, the infantry. Um, I, I love watching his streams. And I... It, just the format of the whole thing on Twitch is very friendly to me, like visually. I yep. like their system, but I understand that, uh, you know, I, I found him, you know, through Twitter and then eventually this community. Would I have found him naturally on Twitch? There's no way. Oh. There's no way. And I love. Yeah, I think Twitch is great for the viewer, but like terrible for the creator. Because uh, like, I, I think it really just is a game if you're a creator of like avoiding getting banned. So I think YouTube giving people more outlets to yeah. make streams, like I think that's great because like YouTube is like the only valid competitor for Twitch, right? And Twitch is the only valid competitor for YouTube. I'd say like there's nothing really competes, and like even Twitch, like Twitch is like nowhere near. Like there's no YouTube, there's no like video part of it, you know. Um, so I think it's good that YouTube's yeah. like stepping up their streaming game to like put pressure on Twitch because like the website from a creator standpoint, kind of a joke, like. You can't play anything copyrighted or you have you risk your channel getting removed. It's just stupid. <laughs> like on YouTube, they just claim it and you move on with the day, right? On Twitch, it's like, hey, you play sure. uh, copyrighted music. Well, I'm sorry, but your channel's gone. <laughs> you know, it's just gone. I, I don't know what to do right. about it. And then on yeah. top of that. And it's a much better. Uh, Twitch yeah. also. Yeah. To say to Twitch somebody. Twitch made a yeah. statement a oh, while sorry, ago. Go they're like, hey, guys, remove all your vines and stuff to avoid DMCA. That turned out to be bullshit. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People went through a lot of work to to, uh, uh, you know, wipe that stuff and be compliant. But, you know, it's one thing, like you were just saying, it's one thing on YouTube to say, uh, you can't make a buck off of this because the rights are really held elsewhere. But, you know, so we're going to transfer that ad revenue and, and whatever, but it, it's not going to crush your channel. It's not going to harm you community building. Everything is fine there. You can, you can continue to do it even if uh, your stuff is claimed. But yeah, on Twitch, uh, you you know, hum the wrong song and your career is yeah, over. Yeah, <laughs> Twitch just feels very volatile and it just feels unsafe to stream on, in my opinion. Like, I think anything can get you banned. Like, and on top of that too, if there's like a genuine mess up, like somebody links you some shit you're not supposed to look at on a stream because it's against TOS, right? And you click it and you immediately close it. That shouldn't get you banned, you know? Mm -hmm. They should just be like, hey, make sure you right. double check next time. Don't let it happen. But it bans people. And it's so dumb. It's like, just be understanding about it. Like, Jesus. 
Like, I don't think they tried to show their fucking dick on stream, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't think that happened. <laughs> when you go out on Twitch, when you finally shut the Twitch account down, is that what you're going to do? What, show dick on stream? No. <laughs> I think I'm hard fast. Reveal the little spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a hell of a way to go out, though. That's for sure. Um, no, but it's just stuff like that. It's a form of a mic drop. Yeah, it's just it, <laughs> mic drop. It's just stuff like that that makes Twitch just feel like so volatile and like unsafe as a creator because it's just like it gets so pissy over anything, you know. Yeah. Well, um, before we let you go, we have one more really important question for you, and um, we like to ask this of our guests before before we bid adieu, and that is, what is your fursona? <laughs> You ask this like everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> most everybody. Uh, most yeah. everyone, yeah. I don't okay. I haven't really thought about it, right? But I think that the most honest answer would be one that I haven't thought about. So honestly, it would probably just be like a wolf, but like that's so generic. I know the wolf is like super common. Um, but it's like I feel like that's what I would pick. I don't think there's any shame in a wolf. I mean, the reason I, I I I'd pick wolves because like I like dogs. Right. And I think dogs look badass in some cases, okay. especially like wolves and huskies and stuff. Um, so I think that's why I'd pick a wolf. Well, why not be a dog? Because like, why would I be a dog? It's less cool. A wolf is like a badass <laughs> oh, murder so machine. You want to be the super yeah, dog? Like, like a, a dog can be anything from a German shepherd to a chihuahua. OK, that's a very wide range. A wolf is a very yeah. specific thing. <laughs> <laughs> and what color do you know what color it would be because with a fursona you could be a, a pink wolf oh it would, it would totally wolf. be white Doesn't with matter. red eyes totally white with red eyes yeah kind of intimidating <laughs> scary wolf bit, it is a bit scary yeah you're kind of going for the yeah it's like one. some emo anime boy <laughs> 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 awesome well, um, wild Spartans thank you so much for hanging out with us definitely check out his channel it is it is the the modern evolution of America's Funniest Home Videos, but really he does such a great job curating and, and finding all of this stuff for you. It really reminds me a little bit of like the early days of Vsauce, which was very curation yeah. heavy um, and kind of yeah. like doing the work of finding funny stuff uh, on the internet for you. But look, this man is putting 10 hours of subtitling into these videos, you know, <laughs> give, give him, give him a shot. It's back. Yeah, man. <laughs> Manual labor is tough. <laughs> it is. My posture's gotten so it's much tough. worse since I started this job. <laughs> <laughs> All of us turn into yeah. a question mark after about six years yeah. on the job. Yeah. Our spines just curve and recurve. It's true. It's true. But yeah, um, check out Wild Spartans. Uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the create unknown. You can hang out with us every Wednesday night here on Discord. Just join the Discord. Just start there. That's Become right. a member yeah, join of the, the Discord. Discord. That is, Do it! Do yeah. it! <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's totally free. We're all friendly here. Um, you can just hang out with us. And uh, yeah, or if you just want to support the show and you want to be a part of making sure that more episodes happen every single week for you, for you and you alone. Uh, yeah, just go to patreon.com slash the create unknown. Again, Wild Spartans. Thanks, man. No, thanks for having me on. It was a great time. We talking about a bunch of random All shit. Right. <laughs> That's the best kind of talk. <laughs> You're the perfect guest for that, for sure. Absolutely. All right. We will uh, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster crew who save tiny little lives every month. 
A tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang. Trevstad, Boromir, Botdogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and Dojangles. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mefisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Monaghan, Ryan Kinder, Sheep, and Maruko. Thank you as well to our producer and editor, Ben Webster, and to our media manager, Dan Yosua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. <laughs>